Let the conversation continue with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Ooh, early 15 to 8 lead for Boston over Utah. We know these Utah Jazz, they're frisky guys. Frisky. Uh, Pacers up 16-13 on Atlanta right now. Saw a lot of a uh, lot of people all in on Tyrese Halliburton tonight. Totally oh, agree. Crazy. Every single game except uh, uh, no points and three assists and three rebounds. So he's just being unselfish, getting everybody involved right mm-hmm. now. That's... He'll get there. Yeah, yeah. He's a fourth quarter machine too. He can score twenty in the fourth quarter alone. Yeah, with the way the Hawks play defense. Yeah, exactly. You know what time it is. We got Bruce Brown with seven, so he's giving guys the rock, spreading the sugar around. All right, Bill Bender, our buddy, jumps on with us, college football writer for Sporting News, as we look ahead to Monday's. God, I can't believe we're finally already here in the national championship game, Washington and Michigan. Let's just look big picture at the matchup before we start kind of diving into all the little things, Bill. Just what are your thoughts on these two offenses, defenses, these two teams as a whole that we'll see Monday? Well, I mean, you know, have we been doing the BCS? We This is what we would have come up with anyway. Um, Washington, <laughs> yeah. you know, you guys were just talking basketball. I've been comparing Michael Penix to a high-volume shooter, and he was hot Monday. He was on fire. And if Washington's on fire like that with those receivers, it will cause Michigan some problems. And then, you know, as you guys know, I grew up in Big Ten country, and this this is as good a Michigan defense as I've seen. In, in years, I think they're going to try to control the clock, limit the possessions, get the ball to Blake Corm 20 to 25 times. I mean, that's what I would do, and I don't think that comes as earth-shattering. I mean, can, can you see them playing this any other way? No, I mean, I, I really can't. I think it's going to be an awesome game. What do you think of the total, Bill? Because this game has kind of climbed a little bit. It's gone from 55 up to 56 and a half. We've been talking about this game. It almost feels correlated. Michigan probably wants to play a game in the low 20s. Washington obviously doesn't mind a shootout. Do you kind of think it's correlated? Like if Washington's going to hang around, win the game, this is more so of a high-scoring game, whereas if Michigan wins, it'll probably be a lower-scoring game? Well, I had it at 35-28, you know? Yeah. Um, and that that would say that I'm I'm a little bit lower. Now, if this game turns into a shootout and it's, in the high 30s both ways, I mean, that would absolutely favor Washington. That would tell you that the Huskies definitely have a chance to go out and win this thing, and, and they're a very good team. So, you know, I, I, that's why I'm, if I'm Michigan, I'm limiting the possessions, though the temptation is there knowing that Washington's pass defense isn't very good. So I'm wondering if they cut J.J. McCarthy loose a little bit. There's so many intriguing things with that. Yeah, J.J. McCarthy's passing yard prop is only in the 190s. So that that doesn't really correlate to, to wanting to air it out. And then Blake Corum, his number is over 100. Which of those do you like more? Over 190 and a half for, uh, for J.J. McCarthy or over 101 and a half for Blake Corum rushing yards? I'm going to go over on Blake Corum. Because last time he saw Washington, he ran for 177 yards and three touchdowns. And that game... Uh, definitely, I think they are going to feed him. I think he'll bust loose a couple times. Now, they'll mix in Donovan Edwards, too. And Donovan Edwards is a very effective pass catcher. So, you know, once it gets to third down, you're going to see him quite a bit. Um, you know, J.J. could hit that. I mean, he, he hit the 220 and three touchdowns against Alabama, and they'll take that all day because all it takes is one or two pass plays on the crossing routes. How about one thing I didn't mention, guys, is um, – Sherman Moore's play calling and mixing it up and the formations and all those things he did in the Rose Bowl, it was absolutely incredible. I think he'll continue to go in that bag against the Huskies. 
You know, when you look at obviously what Michael Penix Jr. can do, we, we we talked earlier, obviously, you know, about the total for this game in general. But does this feel like another one of those games where he just continues to be that volume shooter again, where Michigan's trying to just play keep away and it doesn't? I, I feel like that's really the the script that works for Washington, where you get to the point where it's just Michael Penix Jr. airing it out, and Michigan's behind, and they don't have the ability to even run the football. Well, we've been looking back at that Indiana game when he played against Michigan in 2020. Um, and he threw it 50 times in Indiana one. Now, a couple things I've been reminding people. That was a dreadful Michigan team. Aiden Hutchinson was hurt in that game. And, you know, way. so I think, yeah, he's going to throw it 50 times. I, I don't know. Is, is the prop still like 300 or 299 around 290, there? So um, it's 297 and a half. That's where I was going to go. Is, is, is it still an over on the passing yards at 297 and a half for Penix? I do, because I think this game's going to play out like Ohio State and Michigan in 2021 when C.J. Stroud, that's the game I've been looking at, when C.J. Stroud was a quarterback. And he had a couple guys named Olave, Wilson, and Smith and Jigba. That's not too bad. Um, and they threw for over 300 yards, but they lost the game. So I think he does hit that. Um, but I also think Michigan's not – they're going to do what they did against Alabama. They blitzed a little more against them. They're going to come after him. How do you feel like Washington's going to try to prevent against that, to try to give Michael Penix some time, or even scheme knowing that they probably won't have time to throw? Because a lot of those deep balls, Michael Penix, that was like a slow developing play. Yeah, they're going to need that running game, which Dylan Johnson sounds like he's going to play. Uh, that would help offset it. You know, some of the timing blitzes Michigan did were good against Alabama. I feel like Alabama wasted an entire half trying to figure out that pass rush because Michigan threw them off. Michael Barrett will be a very key player in this game for the Wolverines. Um, but, yeah, I don't think Washington's going to go away from their strength all of a sudden. They're going to let it fly. They're going to use those receivers. They're going to see what happens. They've got to play from ahead. I, I think this game would be more likely they'd be in trouble if Michigan gets ahead by 10 to 13 points. They're not going to blow that lead. You know what I mean? Washington falls behind like that. Uh or if Michigan falls behind like that, Washington showed the other night that, I mean, they almost gave it back to Texas. Bill, your thoughts on Michael Penix going number one overall in the draft? It's 40-1 to one right now at BetMGM. Like, if you like Washington to win the game, win the national championship, do you think maybe putting, you know, some money on Penix to go number one overall is worth a play? Could you see any teams out there that maybe view him as the best quarterback over Caleb Williams or Drake May? Well, all it takes is one. You know, all it takes is one, and, and I think you never know. And if you get one team willing to take that chance or trade up or move up, I, you know, if it were me, I think it's going to be hard to not go with Caleb Williams or Drake May in that spot, uh, depending on how the combine shakes out. I mean, I'm a McCarthy fan, too. Now, I don't think J.J. McCarthy will be the number one pick, but I, I definitely think there's some things in his game that have gone underappreciated, starting with the fact he's 26-1. and one. Penix, though, I, I don't know that he'll go number one. I still feel like he's, you know, top 10. But you guys know that, too, that well, all it takes is one quarterback star franchise and how many backup quarterbacks have played in the NFL this year that it can absolutely happen that way.
Uh, talking to Bill Bender, bet MGM tonight. Yeah, I mean, if if you look at uh, past drafts, doesn't you have to go very, you know you don't have to have to go back very far to uh, see teams that say, you know, what, we like this guy. We're going to go up a little bit farther, farther, and everything changes. There's a guy named Patrick Mahomes that people thought was drafted a little too high, so you never know. Anthony Richardson. Yeah, too. I mean, Anthony Richardson climbed the draft boards last year. I feel like Jaden Daniels is one of them. How many quarterbacks do you think could be taken in the first round? This literally just popped in my head now because if we're talking Michael Penix Jr. going even, let's say top five and a team goes there like I feel like we could have at bare minimum five maybe up to I don't know what six or seven quarterbacks that could be first round picks I know you just it's a hypothetical but I mean it just feels like there's a lot right well and then the other end of it is somebody uh somebody like Quinn Ewers could wait somebody like J.J. McCarthy could wait because maybe I'm not the top pick this year Uh, Quinn Ewers is the most interesting to me because I mean he can he to me he's the most NFL prototypical quarterback of the bunch because of that arm strength, because of the, you know, hand cannon he has, because of the fact that he almost brought them back in that game the other night. So all of those things, I mean, but who's to say Quinn Ewers doesn't wait, plays in the SEC a year, maybe has some success and then goes number one next year. So to answer your question, I think Drake May, uh, Caleb Williams, Michael Penix, and then you got to figure – at least two more. I would say at least five. And we've had a couple quarterback lean years, so these next two aren't going to be like that. Do you think uh, that J.J. McCarthy cor- correlates to staying with Harbaugh staying? A little bit, I do. I, and I think there's a little bit of a, an emotional element here that I haven't figured out because, you know, you, we could play the game okay. You could play that game both ways. If Michigan wins Monday night, Harbaugh could say, oh, farewell. I did everything I could do. I did what I was promised. I'm going to go coach the Chargers. But if McCarthy stays back, let's run that back coach. And those two are really tight. And, you know, Michigan hasn't had a first-round NFL quarterback since Jim Harbaugh. And I've referenced this a few times, even on your show. J.J. McCarthy is probably the closest thing to Jim Harbaugh in terms of playmaking, that leadership. Like I said, 26-1. and that's a great question, and maybe something I should write tomorrow. I'm gonna. St- I'll give you credit if I steal that column. How about that? <laughs> I love that. Real quick follow up. Do you think there's a chance that if they do, if he does stay, Harbaugh does stay, that Harbaugh would take an NFL job where JJ McCarthy goes? That'd be awesome. I mean, I, I think in some ways, I mean, the Chargers they have Herbert. That's an attractive job. The Raiders are one to watch, even though I think Antonio Pierce is the guy for that job. He's done enough to me, to, to win that job full-time, and he has the locker room and all those things. So, um, But that would be an interesting one. But we're, we always hypothetically try to make that happen. It rarely does where quarterback and coach go from college to the NFL together. That would be a one-of-a-kind story if they did. All right, Bill, we know you squeezed us in. you got a busy schedule tonight. Really appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on with us. Thank you, brother. Hey, thanks for everything all year. We'll, we'll talk again soon. Thanks so much. Hey, man, college football is a year-round thing now. Everybody's transferring. You're not going away Transfer anytime soon. We need Bill. you a lot. <laughs> I, I mean, seriously. Well, we had Quinshawn Junkins enter the transfer portal today, which mm-hmm. was a huge surprise, the running back out of Ole Miss. Ole Miss is going to have a really good team next year. Lane Kiffin's starting to uh, recruit the defensive side of the ball. They're bringing back their quarterback, Jackson Dart. They got good receivers. Ole Miss is going to be one of the four best teams in the SEC next year. Like Bama, Georgia, Texas, 
and Ole Miss are kind of separating themselves. Missouri had a great year. We'll see what they do. I'll sleep on my team. I mean, you know, <laughs> we'll sleep on my I team. said S- SEC. Oh, okay. That you meant generally. Yeah, no, no, SEC. Okay, well, I'm just butthurt. So we'll, we'll see what happens with LSU. We'll see what happens with Oklahoma. I mean, A&M's got all the talent, but, you know, they're going to have a new coach. So I uh, that was surprising to see Junkins in, in the portal. I did not expect as, that. As a college football junkie, and we've talked with this at Ryan a lot, do you like the transfer portal, NIL, what's going on right now in college football? No, no. No. no uh, I, I actually kind of do. Um, it's growing on me just because mm. I think it it brings more parity in the sport. See, so, that's where I am. A lot of people got all upset when you have these every team. Like, I can understand if you don't like teams changing conferences. Like, yeah. there, There's something to be said for that, but we also know that you're going to get great in-conference games all next year and moving forward. Big Ten and SEC games are going to be just ridiculous. I mean, so there's benefits to it. But we now have a chance for these teams, these programs, to rebuild faster. Or you have Ohio State where they realize in their bowl game, we got a quarterback problem, and then Will Howard transfers to Ohio State. Like you have opportunities for, yeah, I know it's it's Ohio State and it's a big program, but you get you get these you just get a faster rebuild for a lot, which I think gives more parity, like you said, and more competition. And look, it gives some of these kids a chance to go where maybe they're going to get a better opportunity than where they are right now. Look at some of the Heisman winners that we've had recently. Uh, those guys have all been transfers. I think what's key, too, is the fact that we're in this era of transfers when we're going to the 12-team playoff. Like, if we were in this era when it was the BCS system and it would only be the top two teams competing for the Natty, I think it would be really rough. Yeah. But now that we're going into the 12-team playoff and all of the major conferences are going to get an auto bid and we're going to get a group of five team, we're going to get multiple teams out of multiple leagues, like, it's going to give all these other schools who normally wouldn't have a shot at competing for a title— you're going to have teams like Missouri, teams like Oklahoma State, teams like Arizona, who have awesome years and have a chance to squeak into that top 12 and compete for a natty. So I think that's why I like it so much is the fact that not only does it bring more parity in the sport, but also because we have the 12-team playoff, more teams are going to have an opportunity to compete for a natty. I can't wait for the playoff next year. Like yeah. I think it is going yep. to be awesome. So we'll see what happens. Or you have programs like Oregon that just become like the place where every quarterback goes to maximize their draft yeah, stock. Yeah, it's like we are the portal. Yeah. Like we are literally the place <laughs> where you go and we put you on the shelf and we say, just wait, Dante. Just wait next year. You know, Tristan, you really don't wear a lot of Nike stuff for an Oregon. That's drag. a great point. Yeah. You know, like I've never. So you'd be only Nike. Yeah. yeah. Like do you own a lot of Nike are you? Are you a real duck? Are you even a duck, <laughs> I Tristan? Have a lot, I have a lot of Nike shoes. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair. Of course. A lot of Nike you, shoes. You're going to have to get a little higher to get in the camera if that's <laughs> you want to do. Of course. A lot of Nike. Oh, dang it. A lot of <laughs> A lot of yeah, Nike's going to fall yeah, in Nike like two shoes. seconds. There All of a sudden, go. you watch your head just. Doo. That's my sprained ankle. <laughs> yeah, we don't want that. Can't... Not good. No, I think I'm a non. I don't like a, a lot of labels. Sure. I'm not a big, like, uh, show what I got kind of a thing. You I know got I mean? anti labels, yeah. damn it. Yeah. I just like bling. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, we just got to look at Crick's Kicks, so. Crick's, Crick's Kicks. Kicks. That was pretty cool. First first time wear. The first, first is time it? wear. Really? First time wear. There you go. Yeah, it is crazy, though. I mean, Oregon has now. You've got your quarterback in Dylan Gabriel for next year. And then you get to wait another year, and you've got a transfer that's going to wait, that's going to then be playing. Ne- like, Will he wait, though? Uh, yeah. You know what's yeah, funny? I, mean, I don't know if I trust him. Kind of my thought a little bit there was like, is he really going to be okay with that? Chip Kelly, he was already trying to like extort Chip Kelly in the middle of the yeah. season, wasn't Dante Moore? Yeah. He was like, yeah. yo, if you don't play me, I'm, gonna I'm transfer. transferring. And, and he, he still transferred did. anyway, and he was absolute garbage, too. So mm. no shade to my duck, Dante Moore. But hopefully he progresses and develops. Uh, underneath that Dylan Gabriel and uh, Dan Lanning. We saw what B- Bo Nix 
did, and he was a total transformation. So that's a good yeah. story. And Gabriel's maybe Dante good. Moore sees that yeah. and says, this is the best place for me. And all that was, I'm just not happy at UCLA, and I yeah. don't really think Chip Kelly can put me into the position to succeed. So, you think Southern California for Eugene is rough, though. Uh, that's true. You know what? But he's thinking big picture, damn it. He's thinking big picture, and that's what we love to see. All right, a look ahead to the college football playoff national championship game. It's BetMGM the night. It's time for a short commercial break. Don't go anywhere, though, because we'll be right back with even more BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM, live from BetQL.